0: Hey there, everyone. Good morning and welcome to Motor Mania, the car talk show, live on Dubai Eye between now and midday. So, Ray, what's coming up on the show today? Well, journalist Damien Reed will be joining us to discuss the latest motoring news just after midday. Sonny Baines from Expat Motors will be revealing his top SUV picks. And then later on, I'm going to be chatting to W Motors about their Dubai-made stunt car, the Lycan Hypersport. Now, if you're a movie fan, you may remember it's uh, crashing through some of the most famous landmarks in the UAE in the Fast and the Furious 7. Now, it's just gone up for sale in a rather unique auction where they also sold the digital rights. How do they do that, Ray? I've got no idea. And I'm going to be trying to get my head around that a little bit later on. Now, today, as always, we're running a poll. Uh, This time, it's on in-car advertising because Ford has filed a patent that will enable passing roadside advertisements to be displayed on your vehicle's digital dashboard. Now, that will make adverts inescapable for the driver. On the plus side, though, it could mean that driving becomes cheaper or even free. So, with that said... Would you like adverts inside your motor? Head over to our Instagram page at Dubai i 1038 FM and click on our story to vote and I'll keep you up to date with the results throughout the show. Now, that's all still to come, but first it's time for a full hour of motoring valuations with expert Matthew Davidson in... Fix it or flip it. Regular listeners will know that Matthew is Motor Mania's valuation guru. He can tell you how much your car is worth right now and if it's time to think about selling it. All you need to do is give him details of the make, the model, the year, and the mileage of your car. Now, you could text that to us on 4001. You could use the ARN Play app. That's completely free of charge. Or we prefer you to give us a call and speak live in person. 04 871 And we do give priority to callers. Uh, let's say hello to Matthew now. Good morning, Matt. Morning, Ray. How hey, are doing? you doing? Yeah, long time no speak. It's been a few weeks. Yeah, we're back. We're back. We're back on air. We're back. We're back. Um, so uh, let's start with this uh, this poll, if you don't mind. I want to get your view on this. Uh, Ford, they're, 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 you know, they're, they're filing a patent. What they want to do is get. Adverts from the roadside and have them sort of automatically beamed into the car, either on the digital dashboard uh, or into the sort of infotainment center in the car. Um, and it could mean that you know actually driving becomes less expensive. What's your view of this?
1: Well, it's where the market's going. The the longer term view makes it easier to to answer that question. So, look, if you go say twenty five years into the future, we probably won't own cars. There'll be an advanced version of Kareem and Uber where there's just pods everywhere that are very efficient, easy to maintain, electric and automated. Mm. And they'll probably be free if you're willing to get into a pod that will blast you with advertising. You know, buy Mm. a carbonated soft drink, do this, do this. So I think this is the precursor to that world. And I think how it will work in today's motoring uh, existence will be you will have the option to uh, opt in to have advertising sent to your car. But maybe that means the next time you go into Ford for servicing, it's 50 percent cheaper or even free of charge. Right. So and, and I think it gives the choice to the consumer. Do you want to be bombarded with adverts? No. Okay, no. fine. But if there's a benefit to you that saves you money, maybe, maybe you are willing to, and this is when you look at the world we live in now, people get paid for making YouTube videos. Yeah, people get paid for various things. In a way, this is like, okay, you want my eyeballs. i'm I'm going to want something back from you. So, i can see it taking off actually i can see it actually happening
0: so i mean i've kind of experienced it slightly i I think uh, london cabs you know or or taxis that have videos playing it can be a real distraction and that's even as a as a passenger but uh, to have it as a driver i mean is there is there not a safety factor here
1: well i think it'll work the same way that uh media works in your car so when you're driving along in your car you, you shouldn't be able to watch uh, videos mm. or, or any type type of media it will actually say you have to stop the stop the vehicle so maybe how it will work is when you've actually you're in neutral or when you've when you stopped the car maybe that's when that advert pops up i mean it's not it's not something i think that it's been communicated how they're going to do it but yeah. they, these bof- boffins behind the scenes the will, ha- <laughs> will have something will have something in mind but it, I think if it's media based from a safety perspective I don't think they'll be playing unless it's the rear media screens right uh, on the driver's view because it would be very distracting. Uh, and and advertisers make some pretty cool videos this, these days that are quite compelling. So mm. you know that they will be distracting. So we need to make sure that it's done in in a safe manner.
0: Yeah, I'm just thinking. You know, you're driving around. You're driving along at sort of you know 100 kilometers or whatever. The kids are in the back, and suddenly you hear in a whirl. You know, do you really do you really want that? You know, so Fast and the Furious twenty nine or whatever it'll be by then. And you you said something right at the start. You said you think. Did did I hear you correctly? You, you said in twenty years we won't really own cars.
1: Yeah, I think that's the way it's going because look, it's the, it's we have cars as a necessity, as a, as a need, mm. and 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 it it won't necessarily be in in um you know the countryside etc. But in in very condensed urban cities uh you want to go to the theater for example you'll just press a button on your phone there'll be a pod outside that'll wish you to the theater if you don't want advertising maybe there's a small charge but if you do on the way to the theater you'll get blasted with adverts etc mm. but
0: it'll be free of charge
1: uh and i and i honestly nothing's think that's free how...
0: matthew nothing's free it's all well, got to cost it, it, it
1: isn't it isn't free in a way <laughs> because they're they're programming your mind to buy their goods and services mm. which is how television works when you think about it if terrestrial free television like uh, itv or channel four in the uk mm. you don't pay that i mean you pay a general tv license but you're not paying for their content no. they, they they get you back by blasting you with adverts in between the shows mm. it's the same principle that the there's money being made somewhere um it's just indirect yeah. revenue
0: yeah, well, that's an interesting one. We'll follow that one. And you guys, if you've got a view on that, go to our um, Instagram page at Dubai i 1038 fm and you just click on the, the little Dubai i logo in the circle and then you can vote uh, yes or no if you like the idea of that. We'll keep you updated. I think at the moment people aren't loving that. Um, right. The reason you're here, Matthew, is because you're going to give live valuations over the airwaves uh, and you're here until 11 a.m. this morning. So we've got about 50 minutes with you. 4001. That is our SMS number if you want to send us a text. If you want to call and we'd love you to, 04871 And we're very, it's very democratic here. It's first come, first served. There's no, oh, I like their voice or I like their story. No, if you call in, it's going to be first come, first served. We've got one caller at the moment. So if you call now, you will get into Matthew. He will give you a live car valuation. We need the make, the model, the year, the mileage, the condition, as many details. And you can give uh, Matthew follow-up questions as well. Or if you've got g- general questions about uh, motoring or the condition of your vehicle that you'd like, um, some information, advice from an expert, call now, 04871 the lines are open. Now, before we get into those calls, um, <clears throat> we all know about this sort of, uh, I don't want to call it a, an endemic uh, problem, but we, we know about sort of email scams, fake texts, fake fo- you know, phone calls from people pretending to be from banks and all that kind of stuff. The scams all over the world, plenty of scammers. But what about scams in the motoring world? What, what kind of scams do we need to look out for, Matthew?
1: Well, when it comes down to scams, the first bit of advice I always give people is never do anything under pressure. So when someone's saying to you, look, Ray, it's the deal is now. It must happen now. This is the money, whatever the situation. Just breathe and think, think, think things through. From from my point of view, the scams that I see the, the most common, uh, if it's coming from an email or a WhatsApp, they new, normally tell you they're exporting the car. Mm. And you you send some money to the shipping agent
2: mm-hmm. and
1: then they'll then – because they'll, they're not on the ground here. So, look, Ray, can you, can you transfer 2,000 dirhams because I can't pay the shipping agent on the ground? Right. And I'll transfer you the 100,000 for the car. Mm. But you've advertised your car for 100,000. So you're super happy because you think you're getting exactly what you want for the car. <laughs> And they obviously never, ever take the car. And this this is quite a common scam. Mm. The other one is the way that people pay you. I, I always say to people, do not transfer your car unless you've got cash yeah. or somebody's transferred the money into your account. Don't accept any checks. Don't even accept a manager's check because I've seen enough forgeries of those before as well Mm. and you always know it's a red flag when they try and transfer a car at 6 p.m on a thursday night when they know the banks are shut for a couple of days and you can't bank that check etc so stop breathe if somebody's not asking enough questions about the car they're just like yeah ray i like your car you've got it online for 100k i'll pay you 100k that's a super red flag Mm. a normal person would say i want to come and see the car tell me about it are you the first owner how many keys do you have? Will my wife like it? If somebody just goes straight for the kill, generally you want to have your guard up for sure.
0: Yeah, you've got to you got to listen and you got to listen to your gut with this as well. If it seems too good to be true, then it, it normally is. Um, Matthew, that's great advice. Thank you very much. Um, you are here to give live car valuations. Uh, we've got Lois on the line. We'll speak to her in just a second. The number is zero four eight seven one double five double zero. You can text us on four 40- zero. 01. Get your calls in now. Good morning, Lois.
3: Oh, good morning. How are you?
0: Doing well. How are you doing?
3: Yeah, not so bad, thank you.
0: Excellent. Why, why did you call Matthew?
3: Um, well, we have a, a 2015 uh, Infiniti QX80, mm-hmm. but we also have two older cars. One is a QX56 and one is a Mercury Mountaineer. Now, my husband's just been made redundant, and I'm just trying to convince him that really we need to keep the two older cars, because they have no value in them, uh-huh. and that we need to sell the QX80, because I feel it's got some value, but in order to convince him that that's the right decision, I thought I'd get a valuation from you. <laughs> okay,
0: okay, that's interesting. All right, so the, the QX56, uh, do you know the mileage of that?
3: Oh, that's uh, 240,000.
0: Okay, and do you know the, the year?
3: 2009
0: 2009 okay and the mercury mountaineer that's
3: 2007 yeah. um i can't remember the mileage but it's very low because okay. we bought it from a friend who basically never drove it so okay. that i just want to
0: hang on to because it's so reliable okay cool uh, matthew over to you morning lois
1: so the the morning. we need to extract we need to extract some cash from this qx80 what did you say the kilometers were
3: uh, uh, 144,
1: Rough, roughly 144,000. Yeah. So yeah. that car's probably just under a hundred thousand dirhams. If it's the full option, uh, QX 80, um, the yes. good thing about these cars, you can comfortably seat eight people, uh, and they're very appealing, not just to people in the UAE, but even outside into Oman Saudi. Um, they, they always sell very well, but the, there's never enough of these cars online, especially ones that are six, seven years old. If you put this car on for 99000 and look for offers close to that, I think you will do very well. In regards to your plan of, of getting rid of this car to get the, the, the equity from it and then using the other two cars, it's a perfect plan. Um, and it sounds like the Mercury with lower kilometers is is going to uh, do serve you quite well. Just make sure you change the oil quite regularly on these cars and keep on yeah. top of, of at least basic maintenance. But yeah, this this is a solid plan and, and get that QX80 online.
0: So that's official, Lois. You, your, your plan has been validated by the expert. So you're going to have a conversation <laughs> with your husband, I guess, later on.
3: I am, I am, because <laughs> he's always the one to hold back. And the reason we've still got the QX56 is because he would never let me sell it. And by the time he agreed to sell it, it was worth nothing.
0: Oh, <laughs> this is just typical of him all the time.
3: Yeah. yeah no, absolutely. honestly. <laughs> and if we piled a lot of money into it with always servicing at infinity. You know, it, mm. when I was offered 14000 for it, I said, you've got
0: to be kidding. It's worth more in part. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lois, uh, I really hope that helps. And thank you so much for, for calling in wherever you're uh, traveling to. I uh, hope you have a lovely rest of your weekend. Hope that helps. Uh, Matthew, our next caller is Mahanid. Good morning, Mahanid.
3: Good
4: morning.
0: Good morning, sir. What would you like to ask Matthew? OK. Today this 2009,
3: 148,000 kilometres. Perfect condition. No accidents whatsoever. Agency maintained. Price, please.
0: OK. You just cut out, so I'll just say, tell, so in case Matthew didn't catch it, it's a 2009 Mercedes G55. 149,000 kilometres. Perfect condition. No accidents. And it's been maintained at Gargash. Matthew. Good
1: morning. Well, we love the G-Wagons, you know, the G55, G63, so desirable here in the UAE. And the 2009s are still holding their value, even with those kilometers around 115,000 to 120,000. Please make a a big deal about the fact you've continued to maintain this car in the agency because 12 years of, of Gargash Mercedes service history Will make that car stand out against everything else online.
0: So, it's one hundred fifteen thousand is the valuation, Mohammed. Is that the sort of figure you were expecting? I had
3: no clue, frankly. I <laughs> had no clue.
0: Frankly. And are you feeling like it's time to uh, to, to get a new Mercedes?
3: Uh, I just have too many cars. It's
0: <laughs> a good problem to have. Uh, so, uh, with, so with, with that valuation, will that help you? Do you think you're going to let it go? Absolutely. Thank you so much. No problem at all, sir. That's that, that. It's very easy. That's how it works. Zero four eight seven one double five double zero. Sahel called in. He's on line number one. Good morning, Sahel. Hi. Good morning,
5: Ray. Good morning, Matthew. Good
0: how are you? morning. What would you like to ask, Matt? Right. So.
5: Uh... Classic question. Uh, keep or flip? So I've got a Ford F-150 Lariat. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, the, it was first registered in November 2016. I bought it in March uh, 2017 uh, as it was a demo car off the Ford dealer. Um, and the current mileage is
2: 59800
5: mm-hmm. So do I keep or... And also, sorry, it's got a warranty and service package until November this year. Okay. Which
0: I can warranty until November. And condition is good then?
5: Condition is good, yeah. Just excellent. the Yeah, no, just your odd scratch here and there, but uh, minor,
0: very minor. Okay, excellent. Matthew.
1: Good morning, Sahel. Um
0: morning, this
1: car man. this car with those kilometers under warranty sounds like it's in pristine condition. I, I think around a hundred and twenty five thousand is, is what that car's worth. And it would, it would feel like logical maybe to keep it, but you've got to think the warranty is not going to last much longer. It's now at a stage of its life where it's going to start to depreciate again. It's had the initial depreciation after being new. Now, as it ages and the warranty expires, I'd probably sell this car because 125 is a Chunk of change, then you can look at what your next move's going to be. Because I think in two years' time, you'd be lucky to get eighty for this car. So there's some good value to be instra- extracted right now.
0: How does that help?
5: No, that, that's very, very helpful actually. Because I was, I was at the same crossroads myself. Is you know, is it going to lose a lot of value over the next couple of years, or is now mm-hmm. the right time to, to sell? Uh, it seems like, uh, from Matthew, or Matthew saying now's the right time to sell. So that's very helpful. Thank you.
0: Excellent. Well, while I've got you on the line, Sahel, can I ask uh, about our poll that we're, we're running on our Instagram page? How, how would you feel about having adverts beamed onto the dashboard or into the car um, while you're driving or sat at the traffic lights?
5: I mean, the, I must admit, the initial thought of it horrifies me. <laughs> mm. we, I just get enough adverts, uh, you know, in every, you know, whether you're on SMS, um, yeah. whether you're watching a video on YouTube just everywhere, just too many adverts and I'm frankly a little bit too tired of it and you know, I like to think of my car as my private little area I can listen to what I yeah. want, do what I
0: want <laughs> That's it's your <laughs> not zone really
5: want uh, Yeah, exactly, it's my zone I don't really want to be having unwanted uh, adverts however, you know, a, a guest is the price of everything,
2: it
0: mm. just
5: depends on uh, I guess um, what you get, you get back
0: Appreciate your thoughts on that. Thank you, Sahel. Zero four eight seven one double five double zero. 5500. Ashley has called in and he is on line one. Good morning, Ashley. Good morning. How are you? Hey, really well. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm loving the energy, Ashley. (laughs) I'm excited to call in. I have a couple of questions. It's a very exciting thing to do. What would you like to ask Matt? Um, I have a
6: 2014 Jeep Wrangler Unlimited. It's got around 80k mm-hmm.
0: um,
6: in mileage, and I've just recently had to have the engine completely replaced because of it overheated and seized. Mm-hmm. And I'm just wondering, is it now that I've replaced the engine, like for its value wise, is it worth just selling it and getting something new, mm-hmm. or?
0: You know, and what would its value be? How much, sorry, did you did you tell me the fit? How much did it cost to have the engine done? Uh, around 12K. 12,000 dirhams, yeah? Yep, 12,000 dirhams. Okay, Matthew. Morning,
1: Ashley. Sorry, I missed the model year. Was it 2014? It was 2014. JK, yep. Yeah, yeah. And is it a Sport Sahara? Do you know the trim level? Um, it's a Sport Okay. So, look, one thing that that is going crazy with the market at the moment, there's lots of shortages of cars because we went through four or five years now with low new car sales. So, we're actually suffering now from a shortage of of pre owned cars, believe it or not, along with inflation. This is causing actually prices to rise. Jeep Wranglers are selling like hotcakes at the moment, and the valuations are quite remarkable what, what they're going for. Um, yeah. and, and you, you will think you're getting a good price and you'll see it online for 15, 20,000 more mm. by a dealer. So, um, wait for it. Cause you're going to, you should be very happy with this. I think your car is probably going to be 55, 60 K. Mm. Um, sorry. Say that one more time. 55,000 to 60,000 is what I think your okay. car is worth. Okay. And, and also there's two ways you can tackle this engine issue. You can be very transparent up front and say, you know, I've, I've rebuilt the engine or swapped the engine, um, which people can actually take as a positive because let's face facts it's it's, it's like, uh, having a, a new engine all over again. Some people yeah. can actually get a bit worried about it. You know, what, mm. what went wrong to cause this issue because that, that, um, that's a pentastar engine it's a 3.6 v6 it's generally quite reliable so um yeah. you've got two options you can be very transparent about it or just sell it as it is and not mention that and then if people ask you of course you've got to be you've got to tell yeah, them yeah. what happened but you know you've got to just decide which path you want to go but either way i still think the car is 55 to 60k in this market they're so sought after the anglers.
0: what are you thinking with that ashley um, yeah, that sounds pretty close. I was hoping for about sixty-five, so sixty is. I get. I guess you could put it on for around sixty-five, Matthew. You can correct me if I'm wrong, and then and, and see. You know, do you get any offers at, at that price?
1: <laughs> that's that's the beauty of this game. Yeah, you can put it on higher. I mean, it, it's still a seven-year-old car, um, and the sport is the entry-level trim. I think even knew that car was about one hundred and twenty-five. 128,000. So actually, yeah. if you've got 65, that would be, you know, when you look at it from a depreciation curve, that's pretty amazing. My gut feeling is it's more like 55 to 60, but yeah. why not?
6: sixty five. And-, and if you've done any kind of like um, extras, you know, Jeeps are build your own model kind of thing. So I've upgraded the lights and I've upgraded some of the other things. Does that help to increase the value at all?
1: Well, it helps for your car to stand out against the others. And I think you do need to highlight that in the adverts. But um, it will probably be the difference between between somebody choosing another 2014 sport and and obviously your car. So do highlight those extras that you've added to the
0: car. Yeah. Ashley, hope that helps. Thank you so much. Thank Thank you for your energy. Where are you going today? Are you going somewhere fun? Uh, Oh, I'm going to get a COVID test. Oh. Not exactly that exciting. <laughs> not not fun, but you know, worthwhile doing. <laughs> Thanks very much for giving us a call. I hope that hope that helps. Uh, Cedric, Hassan, and Najis—they're all on the line. You could be here too. Uh, I got Matthew for the next thirty minutes. So if you want to get involved with this, want to get that live car valuation, and ask as many follow-up questions and really pick his brains, now is the time. Zero four eight seven one double five double zero. Matthew, we go to Cedric next. Cedric is on line one. Good morning, Cedric.
5: Hi, good morning. Good how are you? morning,
0: sir. Very well. Thank you for calling. What would you like to ask Matthew? Ah, uh,
5: yeah. My car, I have a Prado,
0: 2011,
5: mm-hmm. 74,000 kilometres. Mm-hmm. Approximately how much uh, I can get. It's in perfect condition.
0: And why are you asking, Cedric? Are you, are you thinking it's time to, time to move on with that one? Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Okay, Matthew. It's a 2011 Prado, 274,000 kilometres.
1: How many times do we talk about this car, (laughs) Ricardo? Yeah, it's a staple part of of the world we live in, in the UAE. And these cars, incredible how they hold their value. Um, Is it the V6 or the four-cylinder, Cedric? A four-cylinder. Okay, so slightly less desirable than than the V6. That's a uh, 2.7-litre four-cylinder engine. Uh, The kilometers, obviously, are getting up there. I think you should put that car out there for... Early 40s, probably something like 43, maybe even you could even start with 45 uh, and again see how that market reacts. You, you'll be up against a lot of V6s which are more desirable, so I, I wouldn't start that car to uh, the price too high on that. But yeah, uh, early to mid 40s,
0: I would advertise. Is that going to motivate you to sell?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, that's that's the that's, that's number.
4: I for almost 10 uh, years now. <laughs> okay, good. Well, yes. Was so nice of you guys. Thanks so, so much. No
0: Cedric. problem at all, Cedric. Thank you very much for calling in. Uh, let's speak to Nargis now. Good morning, Nargis. Hello. Hey, how you doing? I'm good, thank you. Good, excellent. Uh, what would you like to ask Matthew?
4: So, actually, I'm not looking at selling a car, but mm-hmm. I want to buy an electric car mm-hmm. or a hybrid car. Yep. Um, and I've only test driven one, which is an MG, fully electric. Mm-hmm. And I loved it. But everyone, well, the people who I've consulted with say that uh, there are two things they say. That because of the heat here, the charge may drain very quickly. Right. And the second thing they say is, what are they going to do with battery when the battery dies?
0: <laughs> so, as, in, as, in how, as in how will it be disposed of? Or how will yes, you get a exactly. new battery?
4: No. Uh, the, the, you, so you're yes, thinking yes, about yes, the yes.
0: environmental impact of, of, of exactly. it afterwards. Okay.
4: That's, the, that's the reason I'm getting getting an electric car. Okay, yeah. Or do you recommend a
0: hybrid instead. Matthew, over to you.
1: Lots of great questions in there. I mean, first of all, on the EV front, if I did get an EV, I'd think about when I need to sell it. And I don't think there's enough traction amongst the, the majority of the brands. So I'd probably stick with Tesla simply because I, I would know that I would have a following to to snap that up in the future and go for their entry level, the Model 3. Um, very, very uh, well-designed car and and they're a pleasure to drive and to, to operate. In regards to the battery, I, I think we're... When we're in a very, very hot country, of course, but Tesla have built these cars not just for uh, places like the UAE, but for places like Texas, where they have exactly the same temperature. So um, they've built these cars to withstand temperatures. And, and in regard to recycling, already there's there's uh, around the world starting to, to to build these recycling plans for. For uh, electric uh, cars, but specifically for the amount of lithium batteries that are coming into the world generally through things like laptops and phones. So, uh, again, Tesla are a a very environmentally uh, driven company. You might have seen in the news this week that even Elon Musk is backtracked on Bitcoin because he thinks it's using up too much energy. Hmm. Uh, too much of the wrong energy um so yeah uh, to answer all your questions i i would go full electric i'd probably go for a tesla model 3 um because they tick the boxes of of why you actually want to to have one i think you'll be fine with a battery um and you will sell that car most likely before even the warranty is expired so you're not going to have a Issue with the battery failing. Uh, Tesla claim that this battery will go on for a decade anyway, so you should be fine.
0: Matthew Nargis was looking at the uh, an MG. It's the only one she's test driven so far. She was saying to us, but but in terms of the, the entry level Tesla to MG prices, how do they compare?
1: Well, you'd be looking. I, I would say uh, at least spending thirty 000 to forty thousand more on the Model Three over the MG. Um, but, but I, if you can stretch the budget, I would do that because the likelihood of you selling the MG easier in the future versus a Tesla, I think it's going to be a challenge to be honest with you.
0: How does that sound now? Just, would you, would you want to spend a little bit more to to take Matthew's advice there?
4: Well, certainly think about it. Mm. I mean, that's really good advice. That's uh, good, that was very useful. Thank you.
0: And what about the battery? Are you slightly reassured on the, the battery issue?
4: Well, yeah, I'd like to. i would probably read up more about mm. it, but and um, it's a big issue. Mm. And the whole reason for turning to electric is for the environment. So, mm. um, yeah, I, that sounds good. That is reassuring that they are doing something about it. Now, yeah. just
0: while I've got you on the line, can I ask you about the poll we're running today? Um, how would you feel about having adverts sort of beamed onto the dashboard of of, of your car, uh, especially if it meant at that you wouldn't want to? Even if it meant that you were sort of, you know, essentially driving for free or you could get discounts on uh, servicing and things like that?
4: Yeah, I would still
0: hate it. It would still be a no. I think, yeah, I think we're 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 all a bit old school on this, aren't we? Whereas, I what I, I, I wonder, if, you know, if we had a millennial, maybe they'd be a bit more. Yeah, no problem, no problem. Uh, Nargis, thank you so much for calling in. Really appreciate it. Zero four eight seven one double five double zero. That's our number. If you want to get involved, now is the time to call. Uh, coming up in about ten minutes' time, we are going to be playing speed quote uh, with Matthew. Uh, seven is the number to beat um and matthew i promise i've organized everything uh very very professionally this week and i really think and, uh, that we can get there
1: <laughs> yeah and i promise back to you i'm gonna think faster That's yeah the think, deal we please time. if yeah, you would you need, just you need to think faster
0: if you wouldn't mind just please thinking faster that would be really appreciated yeah. uh let's uh i think we've got time for one more call before we go to a quick break let's uh speak to sushil good morning sushil Good morning, Ray. Good morning. Good morning, you? sir. Thank you very much for calling us. What would you like to ask, Matthew? Uh, Matthew, uh,
3: I've got a Toyota Avanza 2015 model. Uh, it's the mid option. It's uh, run about two hundred um, and fifty k, and it had a accident last year, but that was body related. Uh, I don't have any mechanical problems whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Uh, How much do you think I can get it uh, for? I'd like to get rid of it? Toyota Avanza,
0: 2015, 250,000 on the clock. What's the price, Matthew? Uh,
1: Is it the GLX model or is it the mid-option? It's the mid-option. Okay, the the mid-option with those kilometers will will be taken into consideration. You have had a, a bump. Uh, probably yeah. early 20s i would i would advertise that car for 21,000 22,000 um it may even close in the late teens um i certainly wouldn't sell it for less than 19 but um you should sell it around
0: 21,000 is that the sort of number you were you were hoping for yeah i guess you know
3: i, I was actually thinking about 15 to 20 but yeah i guess my, uh... It's it's uh,
0: exactly the same number. <laughs> okay. what else to I Hope guess. that helps. Thanks, uh, Sushil. Thanks for calling in, Hassan. Good morning. Hi. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. What would you like to good ask, Matthew?
7: I I have a GLS. I just bought just before the lockdown in March last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a 2018 GLS 500. Mm-hmm. Uh, very low mileage when I bought second hand. Forty. Probably now I have fifty thousand mileage on the car. Mm-hmm. Uh, just thinking, having second thought about it, beautiful car. It's just it's uh, not as smooth as the car I had earlier. It's
0: not. It's not as smooth a ride. Yeah. Okay. So you think it might be time to go and wondering what you can get for it, Matthew? Yeah, well,
1: well m- morning, Hassan. It's a very nice Mercedes, that's for sure. Um, in terms of value, around two thirty, 230, two thirty-five. Um, mm-hmm. The the kilometres is at that point now where it's it's a little bit high for a 2018. So if you think you're going to continue to add around 17 to 20,000 a year, it might be a good time to get out now while that car is still holding some good yeah. value. But yeah, I think 230
0: to 235. Matthew, so st- I, uh, um, Hassan was saying it's got 50,000 on the clock. That would be high for a 2018.
7: It's fifty. It's not so super 20, high. Twenty.
0: Sorry, Catherine. Go on. No,
7: my average is probably ten thousand a year. Okay. But uh, actually, it was uh, probably heavily used by the ex-owner. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. That doesn't that doesn't feel oh. too heavy to me. But so, um, I you know, it's interesting to hear that that that's a high number.
1: The the average. Yeah. Go on, Matthew. Yeah, the average is twelve to fifteen. It's not super high. It's seventeen, roughly seventeen. Uh, to twenty thousand kilometers a year, depending on when it was registered if it 's an eighteen it could have been registered in late seventeen mm. um, so i 'm not saying it 's super high, but it 's at that point now where you 've got to think an inward buyer spending two hundred thirty you know two hundred and thirty five thousand on a car if they start doing twenty five thousand a year they 'll be past a hundred mm. and then that car 's going to drop considerably so what my point is is at that At that kilometer value now, 50,000, I think it's maybe time to get that money out of that car, particularly if the driving experience isn't up to what you expected.
0: Mm. Hassan, hope that helps. Uh, Just going to ask my producer, Zina, do we have time for one more call before the break? We do. So let's go to Amma. Amma, good morning. Yes, good morning. Good morning. What would you like to ask Matthew?
7: Yeah, I wish to sell my car, which is Maserati, Mm -hmm. and it's 2017, it's 45K the model SQ4 and warranty till end of the uh, end of next year december 2022
0: and you've just you decided you want to sell you're just looking for the price yeah
7: and the next uh, 3 months 4 months uh, no rush
0: okay so uh, matthew yeah the, these cars they
1: start to become a little bit difficult to sell as they get a little bit older um I presume you, you've got the Levante, you said SQ4, yeah? Yeah, Yeah, the, yes, the, Which is yes, the, the, S, the SUV, yeah. Um, 45,000 kilometers, you said, yes? Correct, yes. Yeah, that car is, I would say, early 200,000, maybe two two hundred 205, 210,000. Um, again, it's not a bad time to get out of this car. It's a four-year-old car now, approaching 50,000 kilometers, Um, it it will look beautiful still. I mean, I'm I'm a fan of the Levante. I think they're a wonderful-looking SUV crossover. Um, But, yeah, I would put that car on now for, you know, 2.05, 2.10, and and it's time to move on, I
0: think. Emma, hope that helps. Hope that's the number that you were looking for. Uh, Matthew, let's rattle through these as quickly as we can. Uh, Will is on line number two. Good morning, Will. Good morning, how are you? Tickety-boo, thank you, Will. Thanks for asking, mate. Appreciate that. Uh, what would you like to ask Matthew? Yeah, uh, Mercedes, 350 ml, mm-hmm. 2011. Mm-hmm. And you got yeah, 126,000 miles. Yep. And it's and you're thinking about selling. It's a, it's a 350 yes. Mercedes, 2011, 126,000 kilometers on the clock. Matthew? Yes, sir.
1: Morning, morning, how are you? Um, those morning, cars, good, they're going to start to get expensive now. So you're doing doing the right thing. I mean, it's a, it's a decade-old car now. Um, I, I think you need to look at maybe putting that car online for mid-30s, like 35000 Um That should move it. But yeah, you're doing the right thing getting out of that car now because they, they start to become very expensive. And, and people buying them, they know that.
0: So somebody's going to snap up a Mercedes for around thirty thirty-five thousand. How does that make uh, you feel, Will? Well, actually, I bought it for fifty-five thousand. Okay, so yeah. that's not too bad um, then. Yeah, about five years ago. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely, yeah. it's worn out from the sun. You know, yeah. <laughs> All the is just falling out. You we know? all are. We all are. We all are. <laughs> <laughs> Will, thanks so much okay. for calling. Uh, only moving okay. on quickly, just to get through as many callers as we can. Zero four eight seven one double five double zero. We might just get to you if you call now. Zero four eight seven one double five double zero. Salim is online, number one. Good morning, Salim. Good morning. Good morning, sir. What would you like to ask, Matthew?
4: Yeah, uh, I drive a uh, Volkswagen Tiguan 2018 Mm -hmm. uh, R-Line, 86,500 kilometres. Just want to get your opinion on the valuation and if I should uh, sell it on the secondary market or if I should just uh, give it back to the dealership and upgrade to a larger vehicle.
0: Okay, that's interesting. Matthew?
1: I think mean, that's a great question uh, that lots of people have on their mind. You know, do I do I make life easy for myself and go and chop it in at the dealer, um, or do I extract the extra value? Well, the answer is always try and sell it yourself first because you're always going to make more money from from doing that. I think in terms of value, the R line's very nice. It'll be late forties, something like forty forty eight thousand to fifty k. The dealer, I imagine will offer you late thirties, so there's money there 's money to be had there um, and I think you should at least try and sell it yourself first for sure, you should at least try and sell it yourself first
0: have you Have you sold uh, many cars privately celine um,
4: i've been trying to sell my Harley for, for a long time, but mm-hmm. that's not going anywhere. so
0: uh, so you're leaning towards yeah, the sort of the the easy option would would it be would it make a difference to you sort of losing that extra that extra bit of cash you'd get from the private sale
4: well also I can actually do have a, um, a deal going on at the moment that do give you ten thousand more than the than the valuation okay uh, so i I'll, I'll I'll take that into consideration as well
0: so that Matthew would that be ten thousand more than their valuation or ten thousand thousand more than than Matthew's valuation <laughs> No, no, I'm saying,
1: uh, you know, the the dealer's always going to be around 20 percent below what you can Mm -hmm. get in the market. They've got to then dispose of that car. It's more of a headache for them. They're not going to retail that car. So they've got to then pass it to a used car dealer who's then got to make their cut. So it's never going to work chopping in, chopping it in at Mm -hmm. a dealer. You've got to you've got to make the effort. And on the Harley. Get down to Harley-Davidson on Shakespeare Road. Ask their advice. They may have a buyer for it. Join the Harley-Davidson Facebook group. That's how you're going to sell that bike. You're not going to sell that just putting it out there on the online market.
0: Great advice. Thank you, Salim. Uh, let's go to Sean now. He may be our last caller Online number four. Sean, good morning. Hi, good morning, guys. How are you? Very well, very well. Thanks for calling us. What would you like to ask Matthew? Thanks. So I'm trying to sell um, my Ford Sport mm-hmm.
3: which is uh, 2015 ambient version, uh, 155 kilometres.
0: Okay. And you're actively in the process of, of trying to sell this vehicle? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Is, have you, just before Matthew sort of gives you his valuation, have you, is mm-hmm. it listed online at the moment? Um, just on Yellow Motors
3: and on Facebook. I haven't gone to any major platforms yet.
0: Okay. I won't ask you what you're selling it for just yet. Let's, let's see what Matthew okay. uh, would say
1: yeah i mean uh, that's quite an easy one i often uh, recommend this car for for people that are new to driving especially um somebody who wants a small little uh, suv crossover mm. it's around fifteen thousand. that's what that car's worth um okay. i think i think you will move that car uh relatively quickly at that price point because you know people people need to to move around and uh, and and they have that money to spend on cars. Fifteen thousand will, yeah. more will, will sell it for you, I'm sure.
0: How does that sound? and d- How does that compare to to the price you've got it listed at? Sure. Um, yeah,
4: I
3: need to definitely dig it down a little bit. Okay. I suppose, uh. Yeah, I, I bought the car two years ago and I've looked after it a lot and mm. I've got new tires and all updated everything. So, yeah, maybe I need to reevaluate that a little bit.
0: Okay. Uh, thanks for calling in. I think we might just have time for one more. Let's speak to Hassan on line one. Good morning, Hassan.
7: Hi, good morning. Uh, and thank you for having me again. Not a uh, problem. What would you like to ask? Yeah, I mean, w- when I called, actually, I missed to ask one question. Okay. When you go to dealers, let's say in Awir or in, let's say, Motor World, these areas, sometimes you find what looks like fantastic deals, 40% lower than what you get from the dealership, mm. mainly because you don't have the warranty. But sometimes you feel that the difference is too good to be true right most of these are they say they are uh, for american origin sometimes. but again how confident you are when you look at it compared to is it worth uh, uh, that discount or it's better to stick to a local purchase
0: interesting interesting question interesting question matthew what would you say
1: i think it's a wonderful question and the answer can be quite simple if you if it looks too good to be true, get a, a, a very detailed inspection on that. Not a basic car inspection. Actually, request that that car goes to a garage of your choice or, or, or one of the car inspection services that are available in Dubai. Because if it's an American spec car, there is a chance that that car will be accident damaged. Mm. Um, so I would I would definitely consider uh, the car, but I would definitely do due diligence and get that car inspected and that will probably uh reveal why it's much more of a deal than than other cars on the market
0: matthew we've come to that point in the show that is completely unavoidable unfortunately but contractually uh obligated it's the um it's the time for speed quote <laughs> and uh, it's, se- it's seven to beat uh, feeling confident today
1: I'm clicking my knuckles. Are you? Well, I'm, I'm ready for this. Out of stress. Oh, yeah.
0: oh, not out of stress, out, yeah. of, out of readiness. Okay. No, no,
1: no. You know when you, you <laughs> click your fingers back and you're like, right,
0: I'm, I'm up for this. I'm going to do it. Right, okay. Uh, we all know how this works. 60 seconds on the clock. I'm going to rattle through as many of the uh, text messages we've gone in today as I can. Uh, and you're going to give a live valuation uh, super fast. Seven to beat. Let's start the clock in three, two, one. One. Jake, it's a Honda Civic, red, 2016, 280,000.
1: Uh,
0: 25,000. Ford Focus, navy view, navy blue, 2015, 119,000.
1: Same price, around 25,000.
0: Kia Picanto, 2011, orange, 170,000.
1: Uh, old car now, 12,000.
0: MKX3, 2019, 30,000. 85,000. Jeep Wrangler, grey, 2017, 42,000.
1: Oh, they're selling so well now, the 17s are 100k.
0: BMW, uh, 523i, 2012, 135,000. 32, 33,000. Dodge Durango, RT trim, 2015, 133,000.
1: RT's road and track, that's uh, 65 to 70k.
0: Nissan Armada, 2010, 200k.
1: Uh, They're selling around 24,000, 25,000. Toyota RAV4 white. Oh,
0: we got to eight. We got to eight. And Xena, (laughs) our producer, is dancing in the gallery. (laughs) How do you feel about that? (laughs) Oh,
1: there, there's some easy cars in there, actually low value easy cars. So um, I'm I'm I feel that that was quite fortunate in my favour.
0: No, 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 you can't like you can't uh, criticize yourself like that. We, you know, <laughs> this is completely random. These are the messages that were sent by the listener, uh, and you did it. You smashed it. Eight is now eight to beat. Can I tell you that when I started asking you, um, coming to the end of of question number seven, we had about 17 seconds still left on the show, and so uh, on that segment. So I think we could actually realistically get to nine especially if i stop stumbling so let's go what for it. What,
1: happen, what happens? what happens Is the mm. older cars you know because i've cut my teeth here for for nearly two decades so the older cars i kind of know so well i don't yeah. even have to think you know it's like 15k 20k i know exactly what they trade for yeah it's when you get those complicated ones when somebody says you know I've got something like that Levante, you know, the, yeah. the the SQ4. I have to think for five seconds. But in speed <laughs> quote, you don't have five seconds to no.
0: think. No. <laughs> well, you did a great job. Uh, thank you so much, uh, as always, Matthew. Thank you for the last uh, hour of your time. You give it a, a real uh, service to lots of people. Matthew Davidson, so good at car valuations that people ring in twice in one show. Uh, thank you. And have a great weekend.
5: This is
0: Motor Mania with Ray Addison. Now
4: shut up and drive. On
0: Dubai I
4: 103.8.
0: Hey, hello, you're listening to Motor Mania. Yes, this is your chance to talk cars and keep up to date with the latest motoring news. Now, still to come on today's show, we'll be talking to Sonny Baines from Expat Motors about his top SUV picks. He's got his top five. And we'll have that in just a few minutes. Plus... I'm going to be chatting to W Motors about their Dubai-made stunt car. It's called the Lycan Hypersport. And you may remember it caused carnage on the silver screen, crashing through some of the most famous landmarks in the UAE in the hit movie The Fast and the Furious 7. Well, it's just gone up for sale in a rather unique auction where they also sold the digital rights. More on that later. Now, we've also been running a poll on in-car advertising throughout the show because Ford has filed a patent that would enable passing roadside adverts that you're driving past to be displayed on your vehicle's digital dashboard. And that, of course, would make adverts inescapable for the driver. However, there is a plus side. It could mean that driving becomes cheaper or even free. So with that said... Would you like adverts inside your car? Head over to our Instagram page at dubai1038fm, click on our little lo- our little logo, the little circle with the story and you can vote yes or no. At the moment, uh, people aren't liking this. Have to be honest, 66% of you are saying no and 34% of you are saying yes you'd be happy to have those adverts keep voting on there and we'll give you an update at the end of the show time now though to discuss the latest motoring news with journalist damien reed good morning Jay- uh damien
8: good morning Ray. how hey, are you
0: you're all right yeah good thank you what what do you think about this poll we're running and the and this idea of adverts being sort of beamed onto the dashboards of our cars
8: oh you know i i I'm not. I'm not a fan, Ray. I'm not a fan. <laughs> I, I, I had a feeling this was this was on its way, but mm. uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. I tend to think we we accept ads in in a more passive sense, like we hear on the radio and the TV, and, mm. and that's okay. But this, it's sort of thrown in front of you, and I treat the cars like your little cocoon where you're doing your own thing, and to have something pop up on a screen in front of you is just a bit. I don't know initially to me it seems a bit invasive for mm. for, for where you are in your space when you're driving a your car.
0: Yeah, I mean uh, many people and, and you know there's you know this is not necessarily a good thing. Um people you, you look at their phones they're looking at Instagram, they're looking at Twitter and whatever at traffic lights and things like that and obviously that's that's not good, but lots of people do do that. Um and I guess is is this really any different? But I guess you the, the just the the element of choice is removed.
8: Yeah, it's It is going to be different. It's going to be more intelligent than than just blanket advertising, mm. like long term. So it, it's going to, like everything in today's society, it's going to involve algorithms, and it's going to involve your your navigational system where you're driving. Yeah. And eventually, it'll, it'll it'll be able to pick your most common routes where you go to. So, say you you know, for instance, this morning we've got people dropping their kids off to sport and that sort of thing. Mm. Well, if you're going to the same mobiles or the same beaches or whatever. It might know that you're going past your favorite coffee shop on the way home to get a soft drink or a, or a cool drink. And it might just pop up and say, hey, call in here. There's a 30% discount on a yeah. on your favorite iced coffee or something. And the kids, are, you know, that's fresh from a game of footy or whatever, go, oh, yeah, we've got to go there. And bang, they've got a sale. So it's going uh-huh. to be more along those kind of lines than just a straight blanket, you know, mm. add the billboard that pops up on your screen.
0: It's interesting that you say that. I mean... You know, if you're sort of online and, and you see you have those adverts that it, on websites that are targeted based upon your search history and websites you visit and all that kind of stuff, there's, there's a little bit of an element of that. But, you know, if you've got passengers in, in the car, you know, people are going to be able to see, you know, right. Okay, He he, 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 he loves coffee. He loves, uh, sh- you know, he or she loves shoes or whatever it might be. It's, it's I mean, you know, it's a little bit um, invasive in that way.
8: Absolutely, absolutely, and I think this is a, a big thing that they've got to sort out in terms of privacy laws. If you're carrying people in the car with you, and and you know, um, yeah, there, there's there's issues surrounding that as well because you're carrying. It's not a car; i's not just a, a vehicle for one person. It's for for mm. multiple people. But uh, you know, long distance drives, for instance, it'll it'll point you to the to the nearest as it does already. It'll point you to petrol stations and things yeah. like. that. But then they might sort of throw in an offer of say, look, if you put. A hundred dirhams of fuel in your car will give you a coffee and a donut or something like that to keep you <laughs> yes. going. You know, there's there, there's things that will that it will come in very almost under the radar to start with, mm-hmm. um, and then it will build up from there. But uh, at the end of the day, it all drives revenue and i guess that's that's where it's all going
0: i think it's going to happen isn't it it's going to happen um okay we'll keep voting on that on our instagram page at dubaii1038fm Damien, let's crack on with the latest motoring news and um you've been on a road test uh with the volvo xc90 t8 hybrid tell us about it yeah i'll tell you what i was actually
8: really surprised with it it's been a while since i've been in a in a volvo and um this is the the big suv it's a seven seater it's a heavy car it's 2.3 ton um but it's a it's a two liter four-cylinder turbo so initially i'm thinking oh okay well this will be interesting Hmm. but it's 390 horsepower it's it's a you know 400 newton meters of torque it's a it's a pretty quick car and uh you know 5.8 seconds or 100 kilometers an hour um no issues there at all so it's a it's a a plug-in hybrid mm. that uses the, the petrol four-cylinder engine, but it, it starts off as an electric car. So you drive around completely silently under electric power until the petrol motor kicks in. So the electric motor does the hard work of getting that mass moving, which gives you an, a fantastic fuel economy, mm. and then it takes off and, and goes into into the petrol motor. And uh, I just thought, you know, it, obviously Volvo is Swedish, and it's also owned by the, the, the Chinese now. So it's it's different to our normal idea of luxury cars in terms of german american english Mm -hmm. it's got that more of a uh swedish feel to it put it very bluntly it's it's, a lighter it's a lighter interior it's just a different concept to to the way we normally think about luxury cars and i really really enjoyed the time with it
0: that's interesting so so, uh, were you pro the interior or, or weren't a big fan
8: no, very much so. I was he very proud because you know the the, the concept of a lot of people with luxury is like dark leathers and dark heavy timber veneers and things yeah. that m- makes you feel like a like a, a gentleman's club in New York kind of thing, you know. But this is very lightish, so it's like a it's like an IKEA store if you put it that way. It's, like, <laughs> it's it's light and ambient, blonde, blonde mm. wood timbers, uh, pale uh, coloured uh, leathers, mm-hmm. and just a very refreshing space to be in. And a mm. full length glass sunroof that goes right to the back. So you know, uh, which which repels the heat. Which you know, I drove it in in this weather, um, yep. and it repelled the heat. No problem. Obviously, you pull the the blind shut when you leave it parked. But when you're driving around and the climate is running, it's fine. And uh, it's it was just a very pleasant place to be. I really really enjoyed uh, this car, and it's it's been around for a while, but it's kind of been under the radar for a long time. Mm. And it's, uh, it was about time I sort of got back into it and really quieted myself with it i loved it
0: well we're talking about uh top suvs with sonny baines of expat motors uh in just a few minutes on the program so let's see if this volvo is on his list stay tuned for that now um, i'm gonna i'm gonna murder the pronunciation of this uh mille miglia how did i do was that right go on not really uh mille miglia oh okay soft g Silent yes, G. exactly. <laughs> <Silent> exactly. So, <laughs> so what? What? What is so the Mille Milia?
8: It's literally the it's the Italian pronunciation for one thousand miles, and it mm-hmm. it's it's a it was a road race that started in the nineteen thirties in in Italy mm-hmm. that went through the nineteen fifties as a as a competitive race, a thousand miles race on public roads. It was won by Sterling Moss, and was it was probably back in those days more important than Formula or Grand Prix racing, and then Formula One. Oh. And then it came back in the in the '60s as a more of a, a, a recreational event, but still competitive. And mm. it still continues to to today with some of the world's most expensive and desirable classic cars. Um, and uh, I got an email that popped into my box the, just just this week saying that it's coming here. Wow! And. Uh, I can't wait. It's, it's the, the, we're probably letting the cat out of the bag, but not really because we've been talking about it for a little bit. But yeah. it, there's going to be an announcement this week, and uh, and we it's going to be here running right across the seven emirates um, of some of the world's most exotic uh, classic cars. I so, cannot wait for this one.
0: So we're talking about millions of dollars worth of worth of cars coming all the way over to the what they're gonna they're going to be cars that are already here, or people they're going to be sh- you know shipped over with the with the racing teams. How do, how exactly will it work?
8: I'm guessing that there'll be there'll be some shipped over from yeah. from museums. Yeah. Uh, the heritage division of a lot of the car companies take part in the miller So BMW, Ferrari, Aston Martin, you know, you know, Bentley, uh, those, the, all these guys take their museum cars out of the museum and and hand the keys to you know to to movie stars and to. Um, uh, you know Grand Prix drivers and and even occasionally journalists you know, yeah. i I actually had a had a crack at one many years ago and and uh, in Italy and it was you know um, an incredible event you know it, yeah. it, it 's all on public roads uh, it 's supported by the community it 's supported by the police it 's just a, a great way to bring people together and initially it was a proper competition mm-hmm. um, in fact going back in the in the early 1950s There was, it was estimated that there were 13 million spectators over the course of two days. Wow. Who were just people lining the side of the road, just watching it. it, it, For a thousand miles, it would be five deep either side of the road. So that's the kind of reverence that is held in, in Europe. And, uh, and the people who run and organise the Milan are, are coming out and they're going to do a Middle East version or or a UAE version, um, at the end of this year. So when the, when the weather's much cooler.
0: Fantastic. Uh, Damien, here's here's a sentence I never thought I'd say to you, Damien. Tell me about Rolls-Royce and the bees. <laughs> How about that? yeah. Uh, yeah.
8: <laughs> Rolls-Royce has, um has one of the uh, the biggest apiaries in the UK. And uh, nice. and so basically you know they they've got 300,000 bees working there to create uh, English honey. They are English honey bees. And they create a jar that they of honey that they give to their VIP customers Ooh. that they call Ooh. the Rolls Royce of honey, um, and it's it's on site at their at their factory at Goodwood. The factory is like a it's like a rural farm anyway. It's a mm. fantastic place, and it's uh, um, and it's it's uh, it's it's like a farm out there. It's beautiful. So yeah, they're doing this in as part of the uh, initially an idea came out as part of the uh, World Bee Day from the uh, uh, United Nations that mm. so they do they first first held in 2017 and they thought well we can get on board with this um and it's just a nice little thing that they that not many people know about but it's something that they've got sort of tucked away on the side you can get yourself a jar of Rolls royce honey
0: so why why have they appointed uh, she's eight years old she's called poppy liddle and uh, she lives in selsey um and she's appointed as the first ever junior beekeeper at their goodwood apiary um and, and obviously you know people are paying attention to this story <laughs> it just seems a yeah. bit weird <laughs> to me well the, it sort of came about because the, the the
8: head of corporate comms here a guy called richard carter is uh is a bee enthusiast as it turns out mm. and so he started the whole concept with with rolls royce and poppy little is a uh lives not too far away from from uh, from the factory and it came up in the local newspaper that someone had stolen her beehive in may um at, at her place so they thought, mm. well, you know, she's a local girl, lives in the village with the with the family, been there for a long time. So R- Rolls Royce arranged a visit for her to to to, to Goodwood, to the factory, mm. and um, and you can imagine, you know, a, a an eight year old girl with a mum and dad at the at the school, were picked up in a Rolls Royce and chauffeur driven <laughs> <laughs> to, to, to the wow. factory. And we're introduced to the, the chief beekeeper, a guy called Jason Hampton, mm. and the 300,000 bees there. So um, then she was presented with a certificate confirming her as a junior beekeeper wow. that, that was signed up by, by Richard Carter because that's what she did at home. And and that's what she's doing now officially as, uh, as part of the Rolls Royce factory.
0: And now she's got to learn all their names, all 300,000 of them. Uh, but there's a, bee, there's a bee connection to Dubai as well. There's an apiary opening here.
8: Yeah, I mean that's the thing. It's part of a a, a growing thing by Ro- that Rolls Royce wants to do. They want to roll this out into into other areas and other regions. And the Middle East is incredibly important market, as you can ma- understand for Rolls Royce. Where yeah. Ab- uh, yeah. Abu Dhabi is the number one, is the largest. Market for bespoke one-off Rolls Royces in the world, yeah. and, um, and and Dubai is very close behind. So it's an incredibly important market, and so they decided that they would open uh, they would open a Dubai ivory here, um, where at the moment they've got sixty thousand bees in a climate controlled area mm. in, in six hives, and they've named the hives after each of their model cars. So we've got the Phantom Hive, mm-hmm. the Ghost Hive, the Race, the Dawn, the Cullinan. Uh, and the spirit of ecstasy, which is the the name they gave to the to the flying lady oh. uh, mascot on the on the hood. Um, and so that's here in in dubai uh, with the the Queen bee is an emirati queen bee that was provided by the Dhabi Agriculture and mm-hmm. Food Safety Authority. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, that that's kicking off. And so um uh, young Poppy's going to be flying out here as well to uh, to oversee this as well <laughs> have a look yeah. at it and be introduced to the local um,
0: big, big year for poppy yeah definitely but but do do other car manufacturers I mean like you know if I bought a Porsche will they give me a jar of strawberry jam or something well it's, it's funny you should mention that um <laughs> <laughs>
8: seriously <laughs> <laughs> well it's, it's not not Porsche so much or a, a jar of jam but their parent company Volkswagen mm. uh, have a, have an amazing place in, uh, in Wolfsburg which is their head office in, in Germany and they have a, a, a venue called Autostadt mm. which is like it, it's a museum of, of all their brands Porsche being one of them and Lamborghini and Audi and others as well but they also have a sustainable uh, a garden there where you can go in you can pick your car up at the factory it whilst you're waiting for your car to be ready at the factory the kids can go off and learn about the local environment and and even go and make a make a pizza using um locally grown uh vegetables and, and ingredients on site wow and have that while they're waiting for the car to get so yeah this is something that car manufacturers now are doing as part of their mm. corporate social responsibility yeah. yeah um To sort of turn around so it is a it's a growing thing. I had to use the pun, but it's, <laughs> you know,
0: it's no, happy. I like it. I think I think it's great. I mean, you know, it can it, it can be not the most exciting um, process for children to be involved in um, going and, going and buying cars and the sitting around and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, whatever whatever makes it more fun, that's great. Uh, let's let's look at uh, some other news stories now. Um, and there's a new storage facility that's just opened for collectors' cars. Um, this is Unit Three in Ras Al
8: yeah, literally just opened last night. I went to the opening last night there, mm-hmm. and it's down in the, in, in Russell Corrin. Basically, what it is, it's you know we've we've got some amazing cars in the region, and we can't use them all year round because of the weather.
2: Yeah.
8: So, uh, and, and people go home for summer, and you know, hopefully, when more corridors open up, there'll be a lot more people travelling again. And so, the climate does enormous damage if the cars are just sitting still in your own garage, and. So, place you know, unit three is 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 a place that's opened up. That's a uh, yeah, it's a it's a it's a climate facility. Mm-hmm. We can leave your vehicle there. They put them on special the, the, the wheels on special pads so that your tires don't go square while you're away. Hmm. They ch- they cycle the battery if you if you're not there. Um, detail it when you hand the car back so it's fully you know detailed and cleaned up. And it's just the idea is that. When you go away for three or four months, you know what it's like. You come back, your car is covered in sand, and the, mm. the wheels are square for the first few kilometres. You might have a flat battery; you can't start it. It's all done; it's taken care of. Mm. And, and but it, but it's also for your toys. It's not just for your daily cars. It's for your cars, you your old, you know, classic Mercedes you might have, yes. or a car that you use for track days at the at the Autodrome or Yas Marina, that sort of thing. Mm. Um, expensive and it's just delivered that, there for you. Expensive, expensive thing. Uh, no, actually, I mean there's there's a, there's another facility that, that looks after you know the the very high end hypercars yeah. you know million two million dollar Bugattis and things like that. That's a that's a different that's a different ballgame. This is more for people who just have a have a you know a a a, 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 a nice you know Volvo, a nice uh, Audi sports car, or something like that. Yeah. and you're probably looking about roughly 16, 16 to eighteen hundred dirhams a month. To, okay. to, to keep the car while you're away so if it means a difference between saying you know i'm going home for three months i'll sell the car and i'll buy hopefully the same model when i come back mm. or just say look guys can you hang on to this until i come back in you know four or five months time it's a very viable op- option and it's something that we see in europe and northern europe in yes. the cold climates yeah. where, where people it's the opposite people take their cars out in the summer and park them for winter well These guys are the first ones to do it the other way around and and, and look after your car during the the non-drivable and most damaging months in summer. Mm.
0: Uh, well, let's talk about climate. Let's look at a story that happened um, in Ras al Khor here in Dubai. Uh, L- Ras al Khor Road last week, a car caught fire. Dubai police said that the fire was caused, uh, the fire subsequently caused a traffic jam on the road uh, going towards Sheikh Mohammed bin Zayed Road. Um, and it is something that we um, need to be more aware of at this time of the, the year as things heat up and Dubai police and other authorities are obviously warning us to, you know, we need to maintain our cars at this time of year to avoid uh, the likelihood of, of them catching fire.
8: Yeah, absolutely. And and it's yeah, it is obviously where the temperature is not helping things as well. Um also when you take your car in for like high pressure car washes and things like that, where they lift the hood and spray underneath everywhere. Now the guys are professionals, they do a great job, you know, ninety nine out of a hundred times. But when yeah. when I when they do it to a car that I have, I always carry like a, a a hand towel in the car anyway, mm-hmm. um, for 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 when I take it down for this. And I, you know, once I wheel it out and get out of the queue, I park it quietly around the corner and just 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 pack down the the battery terminals and just get rid of any water around the the you know where the where the leads would go into the into the top of the engine um, where the power packs are for the for the distributor coils into each cylinder. And just just basically just. Pat down any water that might be on top because, yeah. you know, it it doesn't take much. It just needs, a, you know, if we get a bit of water onto one of those battery terminals... And and it could start something, particularly in this heat. So
0: it's just um,
8: a bit of preventative maintenance that that people need to be aware of in these temperatures.
0: Now, Damien, obviously you're you're a motoring journalist. You're not you're not um, here on the show in the in the capacity as a mechanic. But you, you know you know your stuff. My my wife thinks that if she fills her car, uh, her, sorry, if she if she fills the petrol to to full in the summer months, and that that puts the vehicle more at risk. Do you know anything about that? Or have you heard that that sort of rumour?
8: Yeah absolutely no it it does because what happens with with petrol is is that you have a vapor Mm -hmm. with the petrol as well and so the vapor expands in the hot months and we had this i remember we in australia and in in the summer months well we we had one of those old fords where you fold the number plate down at the rear and fill it up in the you know and in the summer months the rear number plate would start to pop out would balloon out Mm. um because because the plastic petrol tank expands with the heat so and that's why you find people just constantly click 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 you know with, with at the bowser um to try and get it to the top i yes. always think it's best just just to leave a little bit of room because uh, petrol creates has has vapor and fumes and if if it's filled to the top when you take the cap off you can find your yeah, enormous bang of, of of vapor you know spits out and, yes. and that's flammable. so yeah yeah. Uh, very smart so my probably... wife
0: as per usual is correct once again and absolutely and should always be listened to all of her instructions uh damien <laughs> thanks so much for coming on the program uh once again uh you can be followed at damien reed uh, i know you're all over instagram and you post um a lot about what you get up to um throughout the rest of the uh, the week as well and, and your time on the show here um we appreciate you coming on thanks damien Always a pleasure, eh? right? Cheers, buddy. Uh, Coming up uh, in just a few minutes, uh, we'll be chatting to Sonny Baines from Expat Motors. He's got his list of the top five SUVs, so stay tuned for that.
4: There's more to come on
0: Motor Mania with Ray Addison. On Dubai Eye, 103.8. And we're joined now by Sonny Baines of Expat Motors um, to discuss his pick of the top five SUVs. Good morning, Sonny. Good morning, Ray. How are you? Very, very, very good. And uh, excellent first name, by the way, and excellent oh, spelling of the first name. That is my that's my little boy's uh, name. You're not a little boy, of course. You're a man, but you've got a great name <laughs> spelt with an O instead of thank a U. You very uh, Sonny, the reason you're on is to give us your list of um, top five SUVs. And we're going to get to that in a second. But I wanted to get your view on the poll that we're running. Uh, this story that Ford have um, put an application in um, f- to have uh, for a patent, which they actually filed in, in 2016, but they only just published uh, earlier this month. And it would enable advertising as you drive past it to appear on your dashboard uh, within your car. Well, what's, what's your view on this?
6: Yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit on the fence for this one, actually, because okay. I can see some some pros um, toward it, but there's some, definitely some negatives as well. Mm-hmm. Um I think for advertising in general, if it's sort of applicable to you as a person, then, then great. But I think a lot of advertising nowadays, you know, people, are, if, if you're listening to the radio, you can switch over. If it's television, you can turn it off and move over to another station. And social media, you can, you can scroll, scroll on. Um, and I think, I think advertising on the road is a little bit different because, you know, ultimately you're not going to take your eyes off the road. Mm. Um, Ideally, and, yeah. Ideally. <laughs> yeah um but you know if a manufacturer is going to sort of force it into your vehicle Mm. um you know i'm not i'm not too keen on on the idea of that really either um so yeah i'm I'm on the fence
0: but i mean there's only so much they can do at the end of the day this is this is uh, this is ford uh, maybe other manufacturers are looking at this as well but you know if people don't buy the vehicles that have that kind of technology in them then presumably manufacturers will you know not Put that technology in because those vehicles just simply wouldn't be selling so again it's like anything it's sort of isn't it down to the consumer and, and, and what the consumer wants
6: definitely and i think if there's levels of control in the vehicle as well so that if somebody wants that feature activated you know they can and if if it's something that doesn't work for them mm-hmm. um and they and have that functionality to turn it off then then i'm okay with it i guess mm-hmm. and you know if it's going to help um people concentrate on the road um, and maybe you know if they want to sort of scan their eyes down to 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 gather this information um when it 's suitable as they 're driving then yeah i guess i guess i don 't have an issue with that mm. Matthew Davidson said
0: something earlier because he was saying that he thinks part of this is um, none of us will actually own vehicles in twenty years time'll it 'll all be a, a sort of a an uber type model where we 're passengers in you know in in, in autonomous vehicles uh, sort of being driven around it really won't kind of be be an, an option for us do you, do you uh, j- just moving away from the advertising side of it from a second do you think what do you think of this idea of,
6: of people not really owning their own vehicles and relying upon services like that i think it's i think it will come in time um i think it's it's quite a way off um even though we're seeing the technology and and you know we're able to to see it happening. I still think that car ownership's going to be around for quite some time yet um definitely with the autonomous driving, um, people are going to want uh, they're going to want information yes while they're they're traveling so um yeah he's not far he's not far wrong. It's just a matter of time i guess and mm. and time will tell us to how long it's going to take for us to get there. Well, the, the latest poll is uh,
0: 71% of our listeners are saying no thanks uh, to this advertising in the vehicles and 29% are saying absolutely, they wouldn't mind at all, especially if it meant that they uh, saved a little bit of cash or, or, or actually motoring was free. Uh, and, and listener, dear listener, you can go to at Dubai 1038 FM and you can uh, click your vote on our Instagram stories. Now, uh, Sunny, the reason you're here is because you have picked uh, your top five list of SUVs. Um, And now I understand this is not in any sort of particular order, um, but in at number one,
6: we have... The Mitsubishi Pajero. Okay, yes, a classic. (laughs) Yeah, so I've tried to pick... um, Yeah, I've tried to pick five cars that appeal to, you know, a broad range of of users. um, And I I didn't want to put them in any particular order because... Uh, i don't want it to be sort of biased on on my views yep. um so starting off with the pajero s- such a staple car um very reliable they're, they're almost unbreakable mm-hmm. parts available for you know the older models and they just they they fit so many different families lifestyles it, it had to be on the list you can't um spend you know an hour on the road without seeing a pajero yeah. it's such great cars but but if it's so good why is it being discontinued in um well this year good question um (laughs) it's going to be it will no doubt be replaced by a a newer model Mm. you know it's sort of you could compare it to um a car that's going to be on my honorable mention at the end where such a great car but but time moves on and Mm. and things change and you know manufacturers need to supply newer versions of, of what's working it's been around for so long you know it's time for a new one Uh, in at number two and this is
0: a this is a car that matthew was sort of singing the praises of earlier uh because of its ability to kind of retain its value or or to you know to be worth more than than other similar models of similar age uh, that's the jeep wrangler
6: yeah the jeep wrangler is one of my one of my favorite cars um the Jeep Wrangler started out as a, as a military vehicle yeah. um, in around the 19, it's 1941, I believe. And the road-going public version was released in the mid-80s, um, you know, and since then, it hasn't changed too much in terms of its aesthetics. And they've obviously upgraded engines and added tech um, as, as time's gone on. But such a great car. It's got a real sort of cult following as well. Mm. You can modify these cars of bumpers, lights, suspension, wheels, you name it. If there's something that could be changed on a Wrangler, you know, there's a company out there making it. Um, You've obviously got companies like Jeepers and so on that they they they'll help, you know, customers really get these cars to the way that they want Mm. them to fit their specific needs. So really versatile, great car, very capable off road as well. And yeah, definitely had to be on the list.
0: So it's all of those factors you think is behind the, this, this sort of recognised industry, recognised low depreciation.
6: Yeah, there's just, it doesn't really matter what age of, of Wrangler you're looking at. You mm. know, if it's a year old or even 25 years old, there's somebody, it will fit their budget. Um, and because they're such sturdy vehicles as well, they're very simple mechanically. And if they break down, it's, it's normally just a bolt bolt off bolt on part um very capable off road and just just a great car
0: in at number 3 we have the range rover vogue and this is obviously
6: heading in the luxury direction <laughs> it is indeed um th- this is a tricky one because you can buy range rovers for such cheap money now mm-hmm. you know if you look on online and you're looking at maybe a 2005 6 or onwards you know, you can probably pick these cars up for as little as 10K. Um, but the big challenge that uh, somebody's going to have buying such an older car is that y- you're more than likely going to spend on maintenance or rel- reliability issues on what you paid on the car in the first place.
2: Mm.
6: Um, so I would urge people to really think twice if your budget doesn't allow um, for a... I'm not saying that people need to buy a new one, but sort of up to about maybe eight years old probably sensible
0: because new is expensive like really expensive
6: yeah they're really sort of well to me any these cars up to eight hundred thousand plus yeah so the the money gets really crazy on them Um, but they are beautiful they are beautiful Mm. cars they've got such an iconic brand you know the queen drives one Mm. so got real sort of regal status about them um but yeah older ones little bit reliability issues there. new ones are better still not Mm. perfect Mm. but um because they're such a unique car um and I'm from Solihull as well, where they're built, they're, they'll always hold a, a bit of a, a dear place in my heart for them. Yeah. Lovely car. Uh,
0: Range Rover Vogue, I can't afford. Kia Sportage, I owned a second-hand one of these. So this, is, this is our budget option now. We're talking budget.
6: Yeah, the Kia Sportage. So Kia, as a manufacturer, if you looked at Kia maybe 15, 20 years ago, they were not making such great cars. Mm-hmm. You could probably equate them to the same quality as maybe Chinese cars um, that we're seeing now. But Kia as a manufacturer have come, up, come along such a way in the last 10 years. Um, and the reason why I picked the Sportage is because it's not, it's not such a big SUV. It's, it's sort of on the mid to small segment. Yeah. Um, and they come in lots of different specs as well. So if it's something that you just want to get to from A to B in, you can just go for a two-wheel drive with a two-litre. Um, you know They do a, a four-wheel drive with a slightly bigger engine, there's options with cloth and leather, and di- just different different specs that will suit a range of different owners in that segment. Mm-hmm. Um, the build quality is really good. I just a, a another car, and it's actually a car that I rented when I first got to Dubai about seven or eight years ago. Yes. and 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 was actually just really surprised at how well they were built mm. and very very cost effective. You can get um you know a car within within five that's five years old still got lots of life left in them um shouldn't give you any trouble on the whole um definitely a good option for somebody who has got a budget to stick to but wants a headache-free car as well
0: well that's in the top five and the last uh one you want to talk about is the
6: porsche cayenne yes porsche cayenne um the reason why i picked this car cars they're quite unique because obviously porsche are, are, are known as a sports car manufacturer mm-hmm. and Shocked the world in 2004 or five when it was first introduced um and that that's when really sort of the german manufacturers were then starting to bring in suvs and you know if one german manufacturer had bought one in such as being a bmw and the x5 um in the early 2000s you know the other manufacturers were missing out yeah. on that segment and the early cars i mean I'll, i will say the the, the early ones are, are a little bit ugly. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm allowed to say that, but you, you know, nowadays they're time. very sleek. Um, and the reason why I pick them is because they're the, one of the only SUVs on the market um, that, that still drive quite sporty. So you don't really get any body roll. Mm. You can still sort of drive enthusiastically um, without feeling like you're in an SUV. Um, and they do a big, big range on them as well. You can, you can just buy a base can if you just want a sporty SUV there's a more powerful s version there's a the gts which is a sort of sporty version there's a turbo if you want really want that performance mm-hmm. so if you want an iconic sports car um but you need to get you need room for the family or um you know you need to uh, be able to jump it up on curbs or whatever it might be that you need an suv for mm. Porsche Cayenne's definitely definitely got to be up there but it's just if you've got the budget to allow same as a Range Rover if you buy an old one um you're going to run into some trouble Sonny
0: Baines Expat Motors thank you so much for coming on the program giving us your top five SUVs really appreciate it you're back with Ray Addison
5: on Motor Mania.
4: Only on Dubai i 103.8.
0: Yes, time now to talk about the Lycan Hypersport uh, with Ralph DeBas. He's the chief executive of W Motors. Good morning, Ralph.
9: Good morning, Ray. How are you?
0: Yeah, really good. Thanks for coming on the programme. And it's exciting uh, to, to find out what's been happening uh, with the Lycan Hypersport. It's been up for auction. Um, and in a minute, you can tell us what it eventually sold for. But but just give us an idea. This is this is a sports car that your company produces. Just give us an idea of of, of what exactly this car is like.
9: Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, uh, the Lycan Hypersport is the first car we built in two thousand and thirteen. Mm-hmm. It was producing only seven cars in the world. Three and a half million dollars were uh, each value of each car. And then it was followed by the super Supersport and many other cars that came after that. Now. What made the Lycan really special was its feature in Fast and Furious 7. Yeah. The famous scene in Abu Dhabi where the car flies from one building to another. And <laughs> that's a Lycan Hypersport. So the car that went to auction actually is not the real Lycan Hypersport, but the actual stunt car used yes. in Fast and Furious 7 during the filming. And it is the last remaining car that we own uh, in the company. So it was quite a special car to keep. Mm. Uh, we can't actually know what the value of this car is because it, it is a stunt car. It's not a real car. Yeah. But, um, but we want entering into the NFT world, we were entering into the cryptocurrency world, and we figured, why don't we do something special and launch the first asset-backed NFT so, in history? And that's what happened. So
0: w- w- in, a, in a moment, I'm going to ask you to, to explain to me what NFT is, because it, I, I just, it just completely flies over my head. Um, yeah. <laughs> w- w- t- while I try and figure out what it means, I'm just going to play this uh, little trailer, th- just remind us of uh, Fast and the Furious 7. All right,
9: let's get to work. Hey, Roman, you freaking out?
0: No. Yes, you
9: are.
7: (laughs) Can somebody just walk me through what we're supposed to be doing? Justin, you didn't think it could
0: get any better, huh? Here we go. So it, for, for people who are sort of uh, try to remember that, there's been about 20 Fast and Furious films since that one was made um, a few years back. But the like Hypersport was in it for around about th- 30 minutes, um, I read. Yeah, and so yeah. it, had, it had a very sort of prominent uh, position. And so so what you were selling was the, the last stunt version uh, that kind of survived Absolutely. all the filming. Because I guess the idea of Fast and Furious is that all these cars get sort of uh, shredded to pieces. Um, yeah, I mean,
9: what, what people don't know about the filming is that when you see a car in a movie it's not just one car they mm. usually have 10 or 20 yes. cars to do the stunts and uh, in the movie you see one with the editing but they actually destroy all the other cars uh, behind it so with the Lycan, it was 10 cars we produced wow. nine were completely destroyed and one is last let's say half remaining uh it's still running but it has its damages it has its scars from the movie and we keep it in our showroom in our gallery to mm. show the history that this car had
0: so so who contacted who did, did you know, it must have been exciting when when this came up for you guys, you know, new company and the first uh, the first sports car that you were making. And, and here it's about to be in a huge movie.
9: Yeah, it was it was them. I mean, it came through 2454 in Abu Dhabi, which is the, uh, the media house as yep. the movie was being filmed there and they got in touch with us, put us in touch with Universal Studios. We never even thought of uh, having the car as a product placement or even contacting any movie for that uh, that matter. Uh, So they came to us, they visited our factory in Italy, and then immediately they said, "Okay, we want this car to be the hero car of the movie. They wanted something special, something crazy, something eccentric, something mm. Middle Eastern. We fit all the criteria. So um, it was immediately selected. And we built, in that case, I remember 10 cars in about eight weeks, which was a record wow. time for us. Yeah, uh, Shipped them all to Atlanta. We flew there to see the, the shoot, and we ended up building this really, really beautiful relationship with Universal, mm. with the crew, and this became the most iconic uh, stunt scene in the history of movies, which is absolutely incredible coming yeah. from W Motors.
0: Did it? Did it make uh, create a kind of a demand for the, for the Lycan like Hyper Sport as well? A lot more interest.
9: Oh, it's not about the demand only. It's about hmm. the the brand credibility, the brand yep. recognition, which became quite big in the U.S., in Asia, in Europe. You know, hmm. people saw these movies. People have. I mean, Fast and Furious has incredible followers, um, following, and and we were part of that, part of that cult, which is quite amazing. And now people relay when they see W Motors, they know Fast and Furious, mm. and vice versa. So it was quite a big, big hit for us to be able to do that at such a young age of the company back then, and being the biggest blockbuster ever made.
0: So, so let's let's talk Turkey. Uh, let's let let's talk tech as well. Um, how exactly does do, did this auction work? It's a it's an NFT auction. What what does that mean?
9: Alright, Let to give you a small background, so in today's world, I'm sure you're, you're watching the news, you're quite be, you, you might be reading a lot of these technical words that nobody understands, mm. and to be honest, it was completely new for us, we've been deeply looking into it for the past few months, and then it hit us, you know, this is something that's quite, quite big, and that's here to stay, so you, today you have cryptocurrency, which mm. is, you know, the tradable currency that people can buy and sell and do things with, and you have an NFT, which means non-fungible token, Now, non-fungible token can also mean non-tradable token or non-replaceable token, let's say. Let's put it that way. What it means is that the token that's online, so that's on the blockchain or in the smart contracts, is connected to a specific product, Mm -hmm. whether it is virtual or physical. There is one specific product per token. An example, if you want to go today uh, online and buy a shirt, you go on this website, you buy the shirt, uh, you pay in cryptocurrency, and you can get one of a million shirts that are produced as long as it follows the same specs, the same brand, yeah. and it's available in stock. When you buy an NFT with a shirt, you're buying one specific shirt that you like that is positioned, let's say, in one of the stores in Dubai or in Abu Dhabi. So you know what you're buying. Mm. You're buying this specific one that's authenticated with a blockchain, and there's only one of it in the world. So keeping that in mind, today the NFT is mainly the hype is mainly around art and collectible online. If you saw you see the news, they've been selling these paintings, yes, artworks. But purely virtual, they're not actually buying the real painting, they're buying the virtual image of that painting, which mm. is quite quite crazy to think about. So when we look at that and we figure that if we can connect the product to the NFT, why don't we actually sell a physical product? Mm. So we wanted to try this out. Basically, it's not about doing an auction or generating income on that. It's just for us to step mm. foot into world and announce what's coming next in the next few years so we did this we connected the car to a token so there's a qr code on the car yep. that is connected through the blockchain to a token and the nft so when you buy the nft you actually get the physical car that is one of one connected to it mm-hmm. and we did that auction uh to be honest it was quite amazing to see the responses we got from that from all around the, the world
0: what was the sale price in the end
9: So it was sold at around half a million dollars, a bit more than half a million dollars, Mm. which is uh, quite great because we didn't know what to start. We started the auction at $100,000 and it went up all the way to half a million. Now, what's, what's amazing about it is that, of course, it's not a real like in Hypersport. It's a stunt replica. Sure. You know, so It's not a real car. But what's we cannot put a value to it. Mm. So we were looking at it as a collectible, as a memorabilia, with a pedigree and a history of Fast and Furious. People, yeah. thought People thought it was worth maybe $50,000. People thought it was worth a million dollars. We didn't know that. So by so doing so, like a, we a, were able to...
0: A toe, yeah, in, a toe yeah. in the water. Ralph, I'm really sorry. I'm going to have to end it there just to, for time reasons. But thank you so much for coming on. It's a really uh, interesting... Thing that 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 you did there, and it'd be interesting to see if more manufacturers um, do that as well. Just time to give you a quick update on our poll. Uh, would you like adverts playing inside your car? Thirty-three percent of you are saying uh, yes. Sixty-seven percent, vast majority, are saying no. Uh, you can keep voting on that um, until ten a.m. tomorrow morning. Now um, we're going to be back in, I think, two weeks' time. That should be the fifth of June. Uh, until then, stay safe.